Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Dana White. I blog as Noni at aslobcomesclean.com. This is the podcast, A Slob Comes Clean. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, <clears throat> I am excited to be doing podcast number six. Kind of hard to believe that I've already done five of these. But um, just as a reminder, and if this is your first one that you've listened to, you can find me at aslobcomesclean.com slash connect, and that will give you basically everywhere that I am on the internet, including my uh, contact information in case you want to send me an email. Um, also, you can go to aslobcomesclean.com slash podcasts with an S, and that will give you links to the show notes on each of my podcasts um, and the link to iTunes where you can subscribe so you don't miss one. Uh, like I said, I'm Dana White, but I blog as Noni, short for anonymous. Uh, I started my blog completely anonymously because being a slob is my deep, dark secret. It's not such a deep, dark secret anymore. A lot of people know about it. Um, but I've come a long way in the past four years since I started a slobcomesclean.com. So today in this podcast, I'm going to share with you uh, part six of my slob story, which just seems to go on and on forever. And I have no idea how many times I'll share another part of that slob story. Um, But I'm also going to share with you some of my week and then some decluttering encouragement and perspective that you can use as you start decluttering your own home today. Um, As I said, my slob story, I don't know how long it goes on. Um, Sometimes people think when they hear that I have a cleaning and organizing blog that um, all I do there is share tips and resources and you know, advice on cleaning. That's really not what it is at all. Actually, it's my own personal journal of what I do in my house. I did it completely to get myself to be focused on my house because it was such a disaster. And I talked about that um, last week, but my house was such a disaster. I wanted to stay focused. And um, it's my place where I, I chronicle just different things that I do, either failures that I have or successes that I have. Well, over the past four years, I've figured some things out. I've been focusing enough that I do have figured some things out. And I I do share cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work, but they're all from my perspective. So I guess my point is that my slob story is never ending. It's never going to end. It goes on and on. And you can go to the blog and you can see before pictures, after pictures. You can see before pictures of the same spaces where you saw an after picture a year ago, because my house is real and it's lived in and it's definitely not an organizer's dream unless they just want to fix me. But, um, it's definitely not the ideal it's reality. Okay. So that's what I promise is reality based cleaning and organizing all based on my personal reality. So I'm going to share the next part of my slob story. Last week I ended at the point when I decided to start my blog and I really, um, believe I know that this was what God had intended for me. Um, I had wanted to blog. I was desperate to write. It was just something in me. If you're a writer or an artist of any kind, you know that it's very difficult to not do whatever, you know, 
artistic outlet thing you feel like you need to do. And, um, so I was really desperate to start a blog as soon as I knew what they were, but I didn't start it because of my disastrous house. I didn't want to be a fraud. If I wrote about great, wonderful things about motherhood, but then my house, you know, somebody found out what my house looked like. I felt like that would make me a fraud and they would throw away all the good and true things that I said. But I also just knew I couldn't take any more focus away from my home. And I knew that I would love blogging. There was no question in my mind that I would love it. So, um, as I was sitting in church that day and, you know, I really, you know, heard God tell me to start this blog, just write about that, write about this, this thing that you don't like about yourself. So I decided to do that. And that's when the name of my blog, a slob comes clean came to me. And as I explained last week, um, I had never called myself a slob before. In fact, I'd often said I was not a slob. I would give all these excuses and these reasons why my house was constantly messy, but I would say I was not a slob. So it was a really big deal to call myself that. Um, and the first reason why I'm glad I did was that it did set me on a path of just complete honesty there. Once you've called yourself a slob, why make excuses anymore? Because that's about as bad as it can get. So I'm glad that I started my blog with just complete and total honesty, other than using a fake name. Um, But there's another reason why I'm really glad I called myself a slob. And I didn't realize this for a long time after I had started the blog. But, um, okay, so I started this blog and I really was nervous about somebody finding it. Okay. I mean, you know, there's that part of you that wants people to read it, but then you don't want anyone to read it because it's, you know, so horrible. And I'm showing these awful pictures of my own house and how bad it was. Um, but I, um, I started to get some readers and I really held my breath that first time that I, um, opened up a comment and really probably the first 10, 20 comments I got, I just held my breath because I kind of, you know, close one eye and look at the screen just barely as little as I can, because I was just sure that somebody was going to say, I cannot believe you're saying all this. You're a horrible wife. You're a horrible mother. Get off the internet you're, you're awful. That's just what I assumed. Well, instead, as I started to get comments, people were saying, oh my word, this is my life. You're saying what's in my head that I've always struggled with, but I've never known how to put it into words. So everything that you're saying and you're struggling with, that's my struggle too. And I was shocked at that because I truly believed that I was the only one out there who struggled like I did. I did not know that other people struggled with these same thing, same things that I was talking about. Well, I was encouraged to find out it wasn't just me, but the other thing that you do when you first have a blog and really anytime, but especially when you first have a blog and you first start to get some readers and people are saying, uh, you know, Oh, you know, they're, they're reading what you're saying and they're giving you, you know, confirmation that it's not horrible or whatever. You know, you think, Oh my goodness, who are these people who are reading my blog? And so if they had a blog that they linked to in their comment or whatever I could do to find out about these people that were reading my blog and identifying with my story, I would, you know, look back and and figure out who these people were as much as I could. And I started to see a common thread in the people who identified with my struggles. I would go and I would find these beautiful poetry blogs or craft blogs or um, just amazing things that women were doing with their children. And, you know, they would, they would show this project they'd done with their children. They were beautifully written and these were intelligent. I mean, these were not, you know, 
idiots reading my blog, even though sometimes when I couldn't understand why it was that my house looked like this, I felt like an idiot, you know, but I was seeing these intelligent, um, well-spoken women who were incredibly creative. And I started to see that creativity was the common thread between me and between them. Um, and it helped me realize that the part of myself that I love and that I wouldn't trade for anything, that part that I told God, why aren't you letting me use this? Why aren't you letting me use my, you know, my desire to write and my creativity, all that stuff about me that I love is directly related to this part of me that I hated. And knowing that those two things were related was a huge help for me. And what it did was, as I said, I'm glad I called myself a slob because it gave me an identity. I accepted that it's part of who I am. I always saw it as something to change, something to get over, something to, um, you know, to get out of my life that I hated. But when I realized that being a slob, as awful as that word is, was part of how my unique brain works, my unique brain that I actually like, um, it gave me freedom. It gave me freedom not to say, oh, well, it's just the way I am. I guess my house has to be like this. No, that's not okay. I didn't like my house like this. I didn't want it this way. So that wasn't what I was saying. But by realizing that my, my brain works differently, it helped me not feel like a complete failure when common organizing advice didn't work for me. And I've realized over time that most organizing advice is written by organized people who like to organize. Their brain does not work the way my brain does. And that is okay. And even though they may give some great hints and things like that, generally when I would read, you know, a how-to book by somebody, how to get organized by someone else, I was lost on page three. And I just became so frustrated and it would make me hate myself and, you know, think, oh, why is it that I can't, you know, why is it that this doesn't make any sense to me? But when I realized being a slob was part of my brain, it's how my brain worked, then I said, okay, if their advice doesn't work for me, that's okay. They're them, I'm me. I have to find ways that work for my brain in my home, for my family. So it was not an excuse, but it was freedom for me to say, I'm going to quit feeling like a failure because somebody, somebody else's method doesn't work for me. And instead, I'm going to come up with ways that work in our house. Okay. So that is my second reason why I'm so thankful that I used that horrible, awful word that I always hated. And I called myself a slob. Um, it's part of my identity. It's, um, it's part, to me, it's partly growing up. You know, I see myself as I get close to 40, um, kind of all the different parts of me that I've lived in different, you know, I was this person in college and this person in high school. And although they were the same person, they all kind of come into one. And as I'm getting older, it helps me accept that identity and just go, you know what, this is what I am and this is what I have to work with. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, okay. So next week, I will share with you. It seems like I've forgotten something that I was going to say today. But anyway, I will keep going with basically the development of how A Slob Comes Clean has changed our home. Um, 
how it is that this way of me staying focused has had an impact on our house. Excuse me. But also, um, I remember what the other thing was, is I, I hadn't told anyone yet. My husband didn't know. You know, I was starting to get readers, and so I was starting to not just be talking into thin air. I know in the beginning, I constantly said, okay, dear non-existent reader, because nobody was reading my blog. Um, but um, I didn't tell anyone in my real life. I didn't tell my husband. I didn't tell my mother, my best friend, anybody. And so um, as I go on in my slob story, I'll kind of express, I'll share with you how all that came about and how... Um, I ended up telling my husband and his reaction, because that is a question that I get a lot is what does your mother think? Or what does your husband think of you writing a blog about being a slob? Um, and I'll tell you, I'm surprised at their reaction, but I'll share that with you next week. So now I said I was going to talk about my week this past week, because this is my ongoing slob story. I mean, I've, it's a constant struggle for me, but I have things that I've ways that I've come up with to keep things under control. So I'm going to share with you three things that I've decluttered in the past week. This morning, I decluttered a pen. That's right. A pen. Now, I know that doesn't sound very profound, but really it is because I almost didn't throw away the pen. Even though as I was doing my Bible study and doing some journaling, and the pen completely stopped working. You know, I did the whole scratch, 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 and it did not start working again. So the pen was a goner. It was gone. And the first thing I did was just set it down and go get another pen. And then I realized something that is just incredibly obvious to normal people, but is somehow not immediately obvious to me. That is, um, yeah, why would you keep a pen that doesn't work? And that's one of those little rules that I've still struggle with, but those rules that I've given myself, and I heard somebody say this once, their professor had said it in college, and it's really amazingly profound, but if a pen doesn't work, throw it away. And I know for some reason that's just so incredibly obvious, but when you think about it, for me at least personally, how many times do I not throw a pen away? And then when I do need a pen, I go through six pens that I already knew didn't work when I put them back in the drawer. But for some reason, I have to go through and scribble with, you know, six of them again until I find one that actually does work. And then I put those five back in the drawer. So I've made myself say, I am not going to keep pens that don't work. Right. There you go. That's proof that this is not your normal organizing podcast. Those are the kinds of things I have to tell myself. Okay. Getting the most out of your grocery dollar can be challenging these days, to say the least. Having a focused plan for meals is the very best way that I have found to stay on budget. And that is why I love Prep Dish. Every week, I receive an email from Prep Dish with a meal plan and grocery list already made for me and step-by-step instructions for the one-hour prep session that sets me up for mealtime success all week long. And yes, I said one hour prep for a week's worth of dinners. That means I'm saving time as well as money. Choose from four meal plans to fit your eating style, gluten-free, paleo, low carb, and super fast. I really, really like Prep Dish's super fast menus. So I don't have to turn to takeout or processed convenience foods to feed my family fast. It's a game changer for working moms. The founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to try it out. Check out prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for this amazing deal. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. This is a no brainer. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Projects. So many 
projects, taking care of all the things gets overwhelming. So when I get that feeling of overwhelm, I know I need to take steps to make my mental well-being a priority. Having someone to talk to, like a better help therapist, can really help. This time of year is always busy, but with my youngest child graduating from high school, we have lots of extra projects that need my attention. I know from experience that these are the times when it feels extra helpful and essential to talk through my emotions with my therapist. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with a licensed therapist. The online platform simplifies the process. It's accessible and affordable. After answering a short questionnaire, you can choose whether you prefer to meet via phone call, video, or live chat, and you can plan your sessions at your convenience to suit your schedule. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash clean. My new digital picture frame from Aura is honestly my new favorite thing. It is a beautiful frame that displays a new photo every 10 minutes. Y'all, I'm delighted every time I walk by my beautiful Aura frame. One frame, lots and lots of photos that I can enjoy. That is a great solution for what can be a clutter problem, right? So how does one frame show so many photos? Well, I preload photos onto the frame using a super simple app that Aura has. I have also shared the app with my kids so they can add photos to my my frame anytime from wherever they are. Now that my kids are all traveling and moving to different cities, this is like a mama dream come true. So we are also loading up a frame with pictures for my mom for Mother's Day. It only took me two minutes to get started using my Aura app. You can upload an unlimited number of photos, invite others to share photos directly to your frame with no fees or memberships. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code clean at checkout to save terms and conditions apply. Other things along those same lines, a useless box. Um, I wrote a post this week called homework time decluttering, uh, which was before and after pictures of this neat little spot in my breakfast area that people generally don't see when they come in my house. So that's why it gets extra, extra cluttered um, because I can kind of pretend like no one sees it. Um, but uh, my daughter was doing her homework and I took a picture of her doing her homework for my post that I did last week about normal days, which was not about normal days. But anyway, um, so I took this picture of my daughter and then I see in the background all this clutter behind her on this little shelf in the the breakfast area. And it's just a dumping ground. It's just where things get stacked and put and, you know, just dumped for a while. And I thought, okay, here I am quizzing spelling words, answering questions, and I'm just going to get this decluttered while I'm standing here while she's doing homework. So I got it decluttered. And one of the biggest items, probably, you know, a foot by two feet box. I don't know. I'm not a measuring kind of person, but anyway, a pretty decent sized box was this big punch bowl that I've had for a long time. Um, I think my husband got it for me when we lived in that awful rent house for Christmas. Um, not sure why why he got me a punch bowl, but that was very sweet. So anyway, I've had this punch bowl. When we moved into this house, the first night that we moved in, um, we heard this rushing water and somehow the fridge had been installed incorrectly and there was water just pouring out onto our kitchen floor. So thankfully we caught it before it actually caused any real, real damage. 
But um, there were a few things that still were not put away. My mother had been here helping me. That's why there was only a few things. If it was just me, there would have been a lot of stuff sitting on the floor. But um, anyway, that punch bowl was one of the things on the floor. So the box was very water damaged. And I'm sure at the time it dried out and was okay. But um, yeah, over time, the box wasn't even held together. I mean, the you know, one of the, the corners where the box would all come together was completely gone. I mean, it was not even a working box. But for some reason... I had taken the punch bowl in and out of that box that really wasn't a box multiple times and had never thrown the box away, whatever. So I finally, as I'm about to put it back in um, the cabinet where it goes, I looked at it and thought, oh my word, why am I doing this? Why? And you know, my reason honestly was that it had those neat little spaces for all the punch cups to be in. And then I realized I can just put the punch cups inside the punch bowl and put the punch bowl up there and yeah, it's going to get dusty, which one of y'all, um, mentioned, put saran wrap on top. Duh. Great idea. Anyway. Um, but I went ahead and put the punch bowl up there and threw the box away. You know, it's only been pretty much useless for like seven years, but Hey, I'm going to take that as a victory because it's just me all of a sudden having these moments where I go, Oh yeah, I'm not sure why I've kept that for so long, but I'm going to get rid of it now. And I'm going to be happy that I got rid of it now. Um, and then, okay. So I was trying to think of three things I've decluttered this week and I'm sure I could come up with a lot, but I was looking at that post and I saw a cookbook that was on that counter, um, in the breakfast area and the cookbook, I would never have known that it was there because it was under a pile of stuff. Um, and decluttering doesn't always mean that you, um, donate it or throw it away. Sometimes it just means that you put it away. In this case, it was, 18 inches away is my cookbook shelf, the shelf that I have where my cookbooks were supposed to go, where I would go look for that cookbook if I needed it, where I would be so irritated with myself because I couldn't find it because it wasn't there, even though it was less than two feet away under a pile of clutter. So the truth is clutter is not as easily defined as some things. Clutter is just stuff that's not where it's supposed to be or stuff you don't need or whatever. And sometimes decluttering just means putting stuff where it goes. And sometimes I will see this big pile of stuff and think, oh my goodness, that's a huge project waiting to happen. Where the truth is, I just need to put a few things where they go, obvious things, kind of like the whole do the easy stuff first that I've talked about in other podcasts. Um, and just putting it away, that's, that's decluttering and that counts for something. And that's, you know, hey, if it's not a problem anymore, then it's a problem solved and it's decluttered. Um, Okay. And then also I talked on my blog about a two second task that I did. Um, I think it was two weeks ago. I shared about the, um, uh, pictures that were falling down in their frames for like two years probably. But anyway, that I, um, fixed and it took me a whole 10 seconds maybe. Yeah. And this was another two second task that I fixed this summer after at least, I have no idea how long, but one of my, um, my curtain in my dining area, had fallen off and it was just hanging. I mean, it didn't actually fall into the ground. And so I guess that was my reason why I didn't, you know, think it needed to be fixed right then, but it looked awful. It looked horrible. And I had let people into my house and had not fixed it. Like somebody came over for dinner, our friends from Lithuania who came over and were here this summer and, um, they came over for dinner and I didn't fix it. And I knew it was a problem. Um, other people would come through and I would think, okay, but you know what made me fix it was when I realized that someone was going to see it who probably saw it 
three months ago when we started back to our home groups and I realized, oh yeah, that's actually been that way for a really long time. And the people who saw it at the end of last school year are going to see that it's still that way. And now they're going to actually have a concept of how long it's been that way. Where the people who just saw it once, I know this is totally my slob logic, which is not logic, but anyway, but the people who only saw it once, I guess I'm just thinking, you know, they have no idea. Maybe it just happened right before they walked in. I am the queen of excuses. Seriously, I am the queen of excuses. But anyway, that's how it goes. All right. Um, so that was my two second task because I fixed that curtain. And yeah, my two second tasks take longer than two seconds, but they generally take less than 30 seconds. And my point in pointing those out is that I tend to make these big, huge hours and hours projects out of things in my mind that really are a simple, teeny tiny fix that just needs to be fixed. Okay. Now I promised you that I was going to give you some decluttering encouragement. Um, I've shared with you different decluttering techniques and tactics. Um, you can, uh, find on a slob comes clean.com. You can go to my categories up on my, um, navigation bar. And in there, there's a link to a decluttering post that has links to all sorts of decluttering projects, but also just my general concepts that I have come up with through my own personal experience. But I also have written an ebook, Drowning in Clutter. Subtitle is Don't Grab a Floaty, Drain the Ocean. And that is instructional. And that's basically how my ebooks are. Everything on my blog is based on my personal experience. It's generally in real time. This is what I'm going through. This is what I'm learning. Or, hey, this is how I've applied what I've learned before in my own home. Um, But the ebooks, different people have different learning ways of learning things. And so a lot of people like to be, have things spelled out. You need to do this. This is what you should do. And that's what the eBooks do. And I think there's a lot of value to that. It sometimes helps you just cut down instead of discerning things from reading it on the blog and figuring out, Oh, okay. Now I get it. Instead to have somebody say, this is how it works. You know, this is, this is how you need to do this in your house. And that's what the eBooks do. So the decluttering eBook, Drowning in Clutter, Um, gives you a lot of advice to help you declutter your home. No matter if it's just slightly decluttered, it'll help you, you know, work through that pretty quickly. Um, Or if, if you could be on hoarders, you know, I mean, really, there are um, a lot of things that I have learned personally from working through huge amounts of clutter that will help you get through large amounts of clutter in as little time as possible. Getting the most out of your grocery dollar can be challenging these days, to say the least. Having a focused plan for meals is the very best way that I have found to stay on budget. And that is why I love Prep Dish. Every week I receive an email from Prep Dish with a meal plan and grocery list already made for me and step-by-step instructions for the one hour prep session that sets me up for mealtime success all week long. And yes, I said one hour prep for a week's worth of dinners. That means I'm saving time as well as money. Choose from four meal plans to fit your eating style. Gluten-free, paleo, low carb, and super fast. I really, really like Prep Dish's super fast menus. So I don't have to turn to takeout or processed convenience foods to feed my family fast. It's a game changer for working moms. The founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to try it out. Check out prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for this amazing deal. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. This is a no brainer. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. 
add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com So, I'm going to keep on talking about my decluttering encouragement for you. And here's my encouragement for you. Don't get organized. That's right. That is not our goal. Don't get organized. What does that mean? Well, I used to say, man, I have got to get my house organized. I have to get organized. I have to be more organized. So I would tackle a project that was really just a big old pile of stuff I would look at it and I would think, I've got to organize this. Well, here's the thing. Organizing is problem solving. It's looking into the future and figuring out how can I arrange this space in a way that is going to help my family run perfectly, smoothly for the rest of time. um, And it's going to be completely sustainable. Whatever it is, this is going to be our new routine that's going to change our lives forever. And so it's a lot of decision making and uh, all that kind of stuff when you're talking about getting organized. I mean, it's decisions and it's, you know, placement and all that kind of stuff. I realized um, as I was just desperate to get my house back under control and I started decluttering, I realized that decluttering and organizing are two completely different things. They are not the same thing. Okay. What that means is decluttering is just getting rid of stuff. You know, taking the things that have an obvious space and go put them there. If they have an obvious space, that's organized, okay? And taking the things that should be trash and putting them in the trash and taking the things that you really don't need and you're not sure why you still have it and putting it in the donate box. That is decluttering. Just getting the stuff out of that space that doesn't need to be there. That's decluttering. When I allowed myself to just declutter, then... It took a lot of the angst out of my projects that I was doing. So when I tackled a space, I told myself, I don't have to have this organized. I don't have to have it perfect. I'm just going to declutter it. And what happens is a decluttered space is comparatively organized. It is. I mean, compared to what it was like before when it was just this big mess, if I just get the stuff that isn't supposed to be there out, that space feels organized. It seems organized. Ultimately, it is organized because our family is better able to function because we can see things and we can use that space. And so allowing myself to separate those two things and just declutter, just focus on decluttering has, was a real turning point for me in this whole journey of getting my house under control. And it goes along with what I talked about in one of the other podcasts about learning what your clutter threshold is. How much stuff can you handle in your house before it becomes clutter? If there is a space that is constantly a big wreck, you need to keep getting stuff out of that until it stays fairly under control. And that will tell you what is your clutter threshold. So I think I've been going almost 30 minutes now. So I am going to stop. Um, again, make sure that you go to aslobcomesclean.com slash connect to find me all over the internet. I would love to hear from you. I've been getting emails actually quite a bit this week from people who've said that they are using these podcasts, you know, to listen to while they're doing dishes or doing laundry or whatever. And that just tickles my heart. 
for real. I mean, that's like my little Texas accent coming out when I say stuff like tickle my heart because, um, I'm just excited to know that some people are encouraged by these struggles that I used to think were only my struggles. Um, it means a lot to know that someone else can be helped by me being honest about how things are. Um, the other thing is go to a slobcomesclean.com slash podcasts. And there you will find, um, links to the things I've mentioned in the show, including cluttercleaner.com where you can use the code slob and that'll all be on, um, under podcast number six. And, uh, you can find all the information that you need there. And I would also greatly appreciate it if you're able to, if you would, um, leave a review on iTunes. I have three now and I have no idea how many it takes for, um, them to actually like say that there's enough to have an average. Cause now it says, Oh, there's not enough reviews to have an average. But anyway, I would really like there to be an average. So if you're able to leave, um, a review on iTunes and if you like the podcast, which I'm hoping you do since you've listened to the end, but anyway, um, I would greatly appreciate it. Just search a slob comes clean in iTunes. So I will see you next week. Thank you so much for joining me. Bye-bye.